Welcome to the IAB UK podcast. Hello and welcome to the IAB UK podcast. From the IAB, I'm James Chandler and this week we're making it a family affair with our cousins from across the Atlantic, IAB Tech Lab. Tech Lab CEO Anthony Katzer was in London hosting their Video Everywhere binge series. So what better opportunity than to sit down and talk about the topic sitting bang in the middle of the IAB UK slash IAB Tech Lab Venn diagram. And it turns out those topics included the sustainability of digital advertising, privacy in a new era of ad tech, all of the plumbing that goes into advanced or connected TV, and of course, supply chain transparency. I also got a sense of Tony's priorities as Tech Lab CEO and where he thinks the organisation can make the biggest and most profound change in the industry. But we start in that all too familiar place of me asking what exactly IAB Tech Lab is and where it all started. So the IB Tech Lab was spun out of the IB in March of 2014. So last month was actually our nine-year anniversary. Mm. The IB Tech Lab maintains its own board, its own governance, its own funding, its own set of bylaws. We are truly a global technical standards organization. Yeah. Our remit is global. We work with IBs around the globe, other trade organizations around the globe to set technical standards for the digital ad economy. One could say that we are similar to the W3C, mm-hmm. the IETF, in terms of them setting standards for the internet. We set the technical standards for the digital advertising. Got it. And what's the benefit of doing it as one organization globally rather than us trying to do it in the UK and Mexico trying to, and Poland trying to do things? That's a great question. Look, the internet would not exist as we know it if there weren't a <laughs> set of global technical standards. TCPIP is a global technical standard. HTTP is a global technical standard. There are myriad global yeah. technical standards that the internet is built upon and it would not exist as we know it. You would not have this universal interoperable yeah. internet without global technical standards. That's the same role that we fulfill for digital advertising. You're in the UK at the moment. You're sat with us in London. By the time we record this, you'd have run your event tomorrow. What sort of nuances do you see as you go around the world and look at various different IBs versus the US? I mean, does it feel very different in different places that you go? No, it doesn't. I think a lot of people rightly or wrongly, look at the U.S. market as leading. I think in some areas that's true, and I think in some areas that's not. And not to pander to your U.K. audience, but I've always found (laughs) the British digital media environment to be actually a bit more advanced in the U.S., and I think that's partially due to the fact that it's just a smaller market, there's less budget, and I have always found in the U.K. ad ops folks, the way data is treated. I think I've always found this market, frankly, to be scrappier, a bit smarter, a bit more ingenious and craftier than the U.S. market. You know, there's more opportunity for waste in the U.S. There's more yeah. opportunity for waste in larger markets. Yeah, yeah. Where I've always found, I've always found the U.K. market to be a very intelligent, thoughtful, innovative market. You can keep going. That's fine. I mean, you're going to what an amazing market to work in. And, that, and that's over 30 years of working in this industry. That's not just yeah. my experience at Tech Lab. Yeah. I think other markets, you know, I still think technical standards and just standards overall mm. in the Asian market and the Indian market, you know, I think that those are still nascent. I think the European market, you know, obviously leading in privacy, and I would say probably starting to lead in the areas of sustainability. So, you know, the differences are, I think there's areas in the UK and the European market that are in some cases more advanced than the US market. Well, let's stick on sustainability for a sec. Tell us about the Green Initiative. 
Sure. So we announced our sustainability initiative in Q4 of last year. We launched the working group in February of this year. Mm -hmm. And now we've already, I think we've already had now five sustainability working group sessions. Our goal this year is to do two things. One is to release a set of technical best practices Mm -hmm. in the form of ad operations, actual technical best practices in order to lower the carbon footprint of the digital ad supply chain. That's one goal that we're focused on announcing what those technical standards are. Probably a tech lab summit on June 7th Mm -hmm. in New York City will release those to the public. Our second goal this year is being a central repository for telemetry on green supply path data. So I think sustainability initiatives will drive more in supply path optimization or SPO for short than frankly fraud ever has. Mm. I think there's certainly an opportunity to find more streamlined paths to supply to cut down. What's driving that? Why do you think that is? There's a lot of impression replication and reprocessing, you know, if you look at the data, you know, the same impression can be processed by a dozen, 15 different vendors, which is highly inefficient, right? So I see our role at Tech Lab is we don't take necessarily a position on the proper supply path, but our role at Tech Lab is to provide metadata and telemetry on supply paths for buyers to make the green decisions. Yeah. There may be merit to have an impression process through two, three, four vendors, but dozens? Mm. Dozens sounds highly inefficient. Mm. So there are merits that perhaps having an impression be touched by several other vendors. Our role will be to provide the data for people to make proper decisions around what a green supply path is. Yeah. I've said multiple times since we started this initiative, you can't manage what you can't measure. Yeah. So yeah, we need to start point. with a data layer yeah. for the industry to actually start to measure, and then they can start to manage. So those are really our two goals around sustainability this year. One is technical best practices, ad operations best practices for to drive a greener supply path. And then number two is becoming the data repository for the industry, yeah. for the industry to start making decisions around a green supply path. Yeah. And I mean, it's so evident even saying it that clearly there's so much more we need to do on sustainability, particularly when it comes to digital, when it comes to advertising generally. But where are you feeling those pinch points? I mean, for us, it's our members saying to us, agencies are getting a hard time, you know, advertisers are now putting pressure on that kind of cascades down. Where are you feeling it from? What's the kind of insight that's driving you to create things like the Green Initiative? I mean, it's a great question. I mean, first and foremost, for me personally, I believe we need to leave this planet in a better place than we found it for future generations. Mm. You know, for my son, for other people's kids, for your nieces and nephews, for those that don't have kids. You know, I think we have a moral obligation to do better by future generations. And you know, can I control, you know, do I have any input into, you know, the energy grid? No, I have zero. But do I have input into how we can decarbonize or at least create a carbon neutral footprint in digital advertising? Absolutely. So that's, you know, first and foremost, it's really a moral obligation to future generations. And I mean that. Beyond that, yeah, to your point, I think agencies and advertisers and brands are also, you know, thinking ethically and morally and, you know, wanting to do the right thing by the environment. And they're also creating a lot of pressure to drive greener supply paths. Third, and certainly, you know, not least of it, I think sustainability is going to go the route of privacy, how we've seen privacy go in our industry. And I think this is an opportunity for us to get ahead of it. There are already are nascent regulations about Reporting requirements, both mm-hmm. in Europe and in the U.S., you know, certain industries already have to report as per the SEC mm-hmm. in the U.S. 
around their carbon footprint. Well, that's also, you know, that's coming to advertisers as yeah. well. Yeah. So this is an opportunity for us to get ahead of where we see global regulations around carbon coming. So it's really, again, number one, moral and ethical obligation of future generations. Number two, advertisers and their agency partners are starting to drive this. And number three, it's an opportunity to get ahead, yeah. I think, of government regulation. That's, they're brilliant points. And if you think from an advertiser point of view, they will already have done so much work on, you know, their own supply chains around manufacturing and right. et cetera. And then, you know, you look at the advertising pot, particularly with digital, you know, and the scrutiny is right. There's a hell of a lot of money going in. And I would imagine within those businesses, people are starting to go, well, let's interrogate this a little bit so absolutely i totally agree in terms of getting ahead of it it does feel like i mean i've been at the ib almost seven years now every year there's going to be something that kills digital advertising you know whether it's brand safety or it's ad blockers or it's you know whatever it's fraud what are the things on the horizons that might not keep you up at night but are kind of bubbling away that the tech labs role are kind of getting stuck into and fixing well, when I took the role in August of 2021, I laid out a three to five year plan for the board, the mm. Tech Lab board. The areas that we are committed to and will remain committed to are one, privacy. We are in the eye of the storm yeah. when it comes to discussions on privacy, data security, balancing that against addressability and identity in a digital advertising ecosystem. Yeah, yeah. And that's not going away, you know, as GDPR continues to evolve both in Europe and here in the UK mm-hmm. as additional states in the U.S. pass additional data privacy acts. Montana just passed a bill. Iowa just passed wow. a bill. So, you know, by this time next year, we're probably going to have somewhere north of 10 states just in the U.S. alone that are going to have differing privacy laws because we don't have a federal privacy law in the United mm-hmm. States yet. That's going to become a patchwork of privacy yeah. compliance. And then we're seeing it also around the rest of the globe. Brazil has a DPA. Australia is in the process of standing up a DPA. There's a bill on the floor of India Parliament for around consumer privacy. Japan, China. This is a global issue, and it's a global challenge for our industry. So we're going to stay at the forefront of that. The second area is in the area of advanced television. And how I define advanced television is really encompasses not only CTV, which I look at as television delivered or IP protocol. Mm -hmm. But advanced television is how do we make all TV sets, all TV environments addressable? Whether that is cable, whether that is over-the-air broadcast, if you've got rabbit ears on the roof of your house, whether that is satellite or connected television. Mm -hmm. How do we introduce addressability and create kind of an addressability bridge across all of those environments? That's the other area we'll remain focused on. Another area of focus is going to be, you know, ongoing battles around fraud. How do we enhance existing standards? How do we introduce new standards to combat fraud? We are currently engaged with several global brands on an independent tech lab study on fraud, which we hope to publish later this year, second half of this year. It took us longer to get off the ground than we would have liked. We wanted it out the door last year, but it was really getting the right resources in place. We're working with several independent fraud research companies as well as academics in the U.S. We intend for this to be a peer-reviewed study. We're going to put it through its traditional academic rigor, and we hope to publish it at the second half of this year. The reason we're doing that is because Mm -hmm. you hear the stats around fraud being anywhere between, oh, it's 5%, oh, it's 90%. Well, it's somewhere between those numbers, right? And rather than me hear from other constituents in the industry. Possibly vested uh, interests. I'd rather do my own research. Like, (laughs) let me look at the data myself to determine how bad the fraud problem is. Mm. And it's going to vary by environment. It's going to vary by format. And also, you know, where is fraud sneaking through the standards we've created? What new standards can we introduce? 
what you know, there's various types of fraud that our standards don't necessarily address. What are those types of frauds, and can we introduce standards and best practices to combat yeah, that? So, nice. fraud is a third area that we're going to remain focused on. Fourth is measurement, cross media, yeah. cross environment measurement is yeah. an area that we're going to continue to invest in over the next several years. Particularly as television becomes more addressable, as I mentioned, our advanced TV initiative, you know, I think is very synergistic with solving for cross environment, cross media measurement issues. So bolstering technical standards, introducing new technical standards around measurement across environments is an area that we're going to remain very much invested in. So those are really the four or five of privacy you can break into several different subcomponents. There is consumer privacy and data security, but then there's balanced against maintaining identity and addressability in the ecosystem. So those are the areas we remain focused, consumer privacy, data security, identity and addressability, Advanced television efforts, making all TV environments addressable, mm. combating fraud, and then cross-media and cross-environment measurement are the five areas we'll remain focused on for the next several years. I forget how you articulated it slightly early on in the conversation, but almost around, you know, you can't change what you can't measure. I mean, fraud feels like the perfect one there. If we're all grappling around for different numbers, until you get that one number, which, as you say, is independent, is peer-reviewed, we can't move the dial on kind of getting that number to come down. Yeah, and I don't know if there's a single number. Fraud takes many shapes. So there's your traditional IVT, but then there's, you know, there's domain spoofing, there's ad stacking, there's, there's quality of environment. You know, some of these made for advertising sites, you know, some would argue that those are fraudulent. Like there may be a real person that was inadvertently directed to that. I did not click on the link to get directed to an ad farm. That's not a great user experience. One would argue that's fraudulent. And there's an argument to be made there. So looking at all of those things as part of our research is something that we're working on. Yeah. You talked a bit about privacy and, you know, clearly, I mean, you talked about some of the markets there. How is it problematic? You talked about Montana and other states. Is the fragmentation there going to be problematic? I mean, you look at something like the GDPR, in a way, that's great. Everyone falls under the same umbrella. How problematic does it become? You've got California doing this, Montana doing this, other markets doing. It's a challenge. Different flavors. It's a real challenge. Mm-hmm. That you know, Definitions of consent vary yeah. by jurisdiction. And this isn't just US related, vary by global jurisdiction. Yeah, yeah. Definitions of proper notice vary. What does it mean to truly, you know, opt in or opt out? So there are real challenges here. You know, you know, many of your constituents listening are global media companies or yeah, they're yeah. global brands yeah. or they're global agencies. Yeah. So this isn't relegated to a single region or a single jurisdiction. Yeah. So we're working on frameworks, technical frameworks like the global privacy platform which is intended to support cross-jurisdictional privacy compliance. It's a protocol that's intended to carry privacy signals, whether it be consent flags, whether it be other forms of future privacy-compliant signaling across multiple jurisdictions. So how does a global brand ensure that they are getting providing proper notice, gaining consent, and carrying that across all of Europe, into the UK, Mm. into various US states, into Brazil? You know, how do global media companies do the same thing? And that's what we built the global privacy platform to do. The GPP for short is the framework to support global cross-jurisdictional compliance around privacy. And that's why things like ads.txt, buyers.json, all of these things are... One so straightforward, so easy to do and get so much pickup is because you don't have to explain it in different markets. It kind of works everywhere. And I think that's half the thing. If we look at our own gold standard, that's why we've tried to make it so simple. So, uh, you know, we could make it a lot more complex and it only work for UK businesses, but the real benefit is in more people, is in more people using it. Well, that's our remit. I mean, Tech Lab's remit is truly, we are truly global. Yeah. Our remit is to support the global digital ad economy. It's not US centric. It's not European-centric. It's not UK-centric. Our goal is to support 
the global digital ad economy. When we talk about privacy here, sort of very closely linked to it tends to be transparency, and transparency you can open to Pandora's box, and there's lots of things that goes into it. Tell us, for the uninitiated listening to this about Transparency Centre, what it does. So the Transparency Centre is effectively a data or metadata repository for the industry. It's where anyone can log into the UI, or you can also access all the data via an API, which provides information on what platforms, what partners that you would be working with Mm -hmm. in the ad supply chain, all the way through to the publisher, what technical standards they're on, what version of RTB are they using, what version of VAST are they on, but then also providing information on their ads.txt file, their sellers.json file. Do those line up? You know, are there mismatches? Yeah. Like, because if there are mismatches, that is cause for concern. Not that there's necessarily malintent between those mismatches. You know, mm. it, it could be an error that could allow fraud to slip through. Yeah. So the transparency center is the hub mm. of all metadata as it relates to the digital ad economy. Going back to what we opened with on sustainability, our intention is to publish all supply path telemetry in order for buyers to optimize for green supply paths, we will publish that through the Transparency Center once we settle on what that data set looks like, which is what the sustainability working group is focused on. We will publish all that in the Transparency Center. So that's the intention of the Transparency Center, is to act as the central repository globally for all things related to the digital ad economy that buyers may need, sellers may need, all the ad tech infrastructure in, be- in between may need in order to ensure that they are operating properly with their partners and they know what standards everyone is using and you know what data you know the appropriate data for them to make the right choices for yeah. their businesses yeah i always think about digital advertising naysayers or the negative news cycle this idea that somehow our industry is very opaque and black box i mean things like transparency they're just sort of blow that out of the water because it's like here's everything you could ever want within here whether you know and all of these tools that you can measure it's just people using them so yeah i I sort of read some of these things that it's opaque and it's black box i think there's some areas of the industry that are opaque but i think that opacity is because there's intellectual property related to that you know to ask a dsp to you know crack open the black box of optimization that's intellectual property right Mm -hmm. like or to ask the ssp to crack open the black box around you know their yield (laughs) algorithm you know that's intellectual property yeah and that's not just our industry like every industry is going to have some level of ip where of course it's going to be opaque that's their value proposition (laughs) to their industry that that happens (laughs) in the energy industry the banking industry even you know in the digital advertising that's not unique to us but yes the transparency center it's named as such for these purposes how are we as transparent as possible with each other as an ecosystem in order to foster interoperability in order to foster network effects supporting global digital ad economy yeah we talked about lots of the stuff to fix lots of stuff around your priorities what gets you excited about this industry what are you excited about i'm excited about the opportunity to make every television environment addressable if possible. Mm. That is going to be there. I would say there are more business challenges, frankly, in that initiative than there are technical hurdles. There are technical hurdles, but I think our challenge is more on the business side to solve for that. That's exciting. I think sustainability is exciting for the reasons I mentioned earlier. The ability for us to at least make our small contribution to mm-hmm. a greener planet, that, that feels good. That, feel, that feels good. I'm excited for that. I'm excited about, I've been in this ecosystem now for almost 30 years, and, <laughs> you know, I, I think we, I think we're a bit hard on ourselves at times as an industry, yeah. but I think if you look at what digital advertising has done for the internet, 
and for all the naysayers and all the negativity around it, it has connected families, it's connected friends. In some ways, it's brought the world closer together. Some could argue that, you know, it's also created rifts or cracks in society as well, but you take the good with the bad. And I think a lot of this is because the internet has historically been heavily subsidized by advertising. This is one of, if not the most cost-effective means to be entertained, to be informed, to learn. Nothing beats, the internet wins every time in the form (laughs) of democratization of information, data, and look, there's plenty of fake news, if you will, but there's also really good, solid, fundamental truths that the internet has manifested over the decades. And I think the net positive outweighs the net negative. It's a wonderful way to end. Brilliant. Thank you so much for giving us some time because I know your schedule here is absolutely crazy. My pleasure. Thanks so much, Tony. It's been great. Thank you. Tony Katzer from IAB Tech Lab there. I really liked his reality check after just over 30 years of working in digital advertising that maybe sometimes we are ultra critical of ourselves. And of course, that's not to say that the work is ever done and that there isn't more that we can do, particularly in this area. But perhaps we don't give ourselves enough credit for some of the progress that's been made, uh, the the levels of sophistication that's been made possible, etc, etc. If you want to find out more about IAB Tech Lab, how they work and how they might benefit your business, simply visit iabtechlab.com. And that's it for this week. We are just a few weeks away from an AI-themed engage and tickets for the Londoner on the 25th of May are selling very, very quickly. So if you've not bagged yours yet, stop what you're doing, go to iabuk.com forward slash engage now and do exactly that and tell a friend, tell your clients, tell everyone. Thank you so much for listening. IAB UK, building a sustainable future for digital advertising.